78 in your pew Bible. As we have been traveling through this section of Scripture, through Jesus, in a sense, is his locker room speech to his disciples, you know, his, his final instructions before leaving home, which, uh, you know, Kathy, my wife, will often do for uh, a grandparent or a friend who's staying with the kids, you know, before we go away for um, uh, a week or something. You know, she'll write a whole booklet, you know, with all the important numbers and all the last things, you know, and that's, that, that's what Jesus is doing in these last chapters, um, as he's giving to the disciples, here's the booklet. You know, here are the important numbers. Here are the real significant things that you have to remember upon my departure. And the key point that we'll see today on this, this Pentecost Sunday is that Jesus, who has been the recruiter, he's been the leader, he's been the coach, for God's team, for that, that, that God is gathering together, He is now no longer going to serve that purpose. This team that He's been pulling together to be God's, to, to, to carry out God's kingdom, or, or what we call to, to live into being God's jubilee community, to be a, a church without walls. To have such freedom in Jesus that we, we connect, serve, and celebrate wherever we go. He's now saying, I'm no longer the one that's going to be with you to lead you to, to carry this out. Now, the Holy Spirit will take my place. God, the Holy Spirit, will, will now fulfill all of those purposes with you. Let's, uh, let's pray together. Gracious God, thank you for this, uh, your written word, as you continue to, to speak to us your truth. And we, we pray that your, your spirit, who is alive within us, alive with us, uh, abiding in us now, will guide us, not just to hear your truth, but to do it. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. All right, uh, page 878, starting uh, verse 26 of chapter 15. And if you want to read along, you can read along on the screen, but I invite you to keep, it op- keep your Bibles open to this passage as we look through it. When the Advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who comes from the Father, he will testify on my behalf. You also are to testify because you have been with me from the beginning. I've said these things to you to keep you from stumbling. They will put you out of the synagogues. Indeed, an hour is coming when those who kill you will think that by doing so they are offering worship to God. And they will do this because they have not known the Father or me. But I've said these things to you so that when their hour comes, you you may remember that I told you about them. 
I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you. But now I'm going to him who sent me. Yet none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your hearts. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will prove the world wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin because they do not believe in me. About righteousness because I'm going to the Father and you will see me no longer. About judgment because the ruler of this world has been condemned. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. For He will not speak on His own, but will speak whatever He hears. And He will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify Me, because He will take what is Mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is Mine. For this reason, I said that He will take what is Mine. And declare it to you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. See, the the Holy Spirit here, Jesus is telling His disciples, the Holy Spirit is going to, to take Jesus' place. He's going to now be the recruiter, the, the leader, the guide to God's people to, to fulfill God's kingdom. It is the Holy Spirit who, who is within us, who, who leads us to fulfill our, our picture, our vision of what it means for us to be a part of God's kingdom, to be that jubilee community, to, to connect with one another, no matter what our differences, to, to connect across race, economics, and, and generation. Last week... We focused on that as Jesus harped on the significance of our unity in Him. The Spirit will lead us so that we are connecting with one another in a supernatural way. Today, especially, and throughout this passage, again, we'll, we'll hear over and over how the Spirit will, will lead us, will guide us so that we are serving, not just to be nice, Not just to to check it off, not just to assuage our guilt, but we are serving like Jesus. Sacrificially serving the world. In a again, not a natural way, but a supernatural way. The Spirit comes to to lead and, and to guide us. And throughout the passage, Jesus has said over and over again that I'm telling you this, I'm doing this in your midst, so that you will have my joy within you. It is the Spirit who leads us, who enables us to celebrate no matter what the circumstances. To celebrate Jesus no matter what the circumstances of our life. And in all of these ways, connecting, serving, celebrating, what the Spirit is doing is making us a witness to Jesus. As as the choir just beautifully sang and even gave us a a litany of a few of the biblical witnesses to God. If you look back at verse 26 and 27, when the Advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who comes from the Father, He will testify on my behalf. 
The Spirit now takes Jesus' place and witnesses to Jesus. The Spirit is at work in our lives and throughout the world communicating to everyone who Jesus is. We will be testifying to Jesus. He will be the Spirit, God the Holy Spirit, then continues to carry out the work of God that has been God's work since the beginning. And you see it throughout the text, the the connection of the Spirit to the Father and the Son. It's almost confusing as he goes back and forth, interchangeably talking about the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Back and forth in their interweavings and inner workings. For we're told that the, the Spirit, in verse 26, He comes from the Father. He will testify on behalf of Jesus. And then in verse 7 we're told that Jesus will send the Spirit. And then in verse 14 that the Spirit will glorify Jesus. In every way that the Spirit has been called the shy one of the Trinity. Because the Spirit does not, as a great model, does not draw attention to Himself. The Spirit always is pointing to Jesus. Always testifying to Jesus. In every aspect of His life, pointing those around them to Jesus. And then we're told in verse 27 that the disciples, and now we as His disciples, follow in the footsteps of the Spirit. That we too don't draw attention to ourselves. But we are always to be pointing to Jesus in all of our life. The the way the Spirit works, even, is not in largely this magical, mystical way, but it's in a very flesh and blood way as the Spirit works in and through us then to be witnesses to Jesus. The the Spirit is, is not sort of working out there on His own, but the Spirit working in and through us carries out this testimony. As the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God is sent forth from heaven, the Spirit fills us and sends us forth on that same mission. It's interesting, as we recount the whole biblical witness, you know, that God never works alone. God never works alone, even in Himself or Themself. God as perfect community, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, never works alone. And as the choir recounted, as we recount throughout Scripture, God is always at work choosing a group of people in order to send them out to do His work. From Adam and Eve, to Abraham and Sarah, to Moses, to the kings and David, to Isaiah and the prophets to the twelve disciples, and now to us as disciples. God never works alone. He works through His chosen people. 
And as a church, as a church, we, as a group, corporately, are are sent out, are filled with that Spirit and sent out by Jesus in order to bring attention to Jesus. Not to bring attention to ourselves, not to bring attention to College Hill Presbyterian Church, not to bring attention to anything else, but to Jesus. As individuals, we're called to the same. Wherever we go, wherever we are sent, we are sent to bring attention to Jesus. To serve like Jesus. So that we may point others to Him in the power of the Spirit. Today, we're going to welcome new members who joined the church a couple weeks ago with the session. It's a class of 11 folks. And, and you know, one thing that was really encouraging to me that was different from the, the last class of new members is that this class of new members, half of them, roughly half of them, sort of hard to have half with 11 people, um, but roughly half of them, they were connected to the church through programmatic means. By that I mean they just showed up because they saw the church building, they lived next door, they saw something on the marquee, and they showed up, and the good news is once they got here, they were welcomed. And they, they, they got connected. That's how the entire class, last new members class was, that they showed up and were welcomed when they got here. And that's good news, but that is not the fullness of the work of the church. We we are not like a store peddling Jesus. And so when people show up, we want to be nice to them. No, we, we are sent on a mission out beyond these walls in order to bring attention to Jesus. And the good news is that this class, about half the people came Not from programmatic connections, but from personal connections. They came because somebody said, Hey, I'm encountering Jesus here. I'm being filled with with, with Jesus here. We we are seeking to live out the kingdom here. You want to come join us. And I submit to you that that, even more than the programmatic, is a sign of the kingdom. And a sign that the Spirit is continuing to do the work that Jesus told us He was going to do 2,000 years ago right here in River City. Right here in our midst, in and through you and me. The Spirit now is the one that's recruiting, guiding, leading the team. He's taking Jesus' place, and He's alive and well, still doing the same today. However, beginning of of chapter 16, and this has been a theme, again, throughout Jesus' words, this is not going to be easy. It is not going to be easy to you disciples when the Spirit fills you and leads you and sends you out, He gets you into a lot of trouble with a capital T. 
You're going to face opposition. You're going to face struggle. Matter of fact, he tells you, things are going to get so upside down that people are going to think they're doing God's work when they throw you out. Or for 11 of the 12 that were hearing Jesus' voice in this passage, when they have you killed. That's just how crazy and upside down things are going to be. That's why I continue to love to be committed to God's kingdom as Jubilee community. Because there's absolutely no way that that's going to happen in a natural, worldly way. It's only going to happen if the Spirit causes it to happen. And in so doing, it's going to cause opposition within us and outside of us. Because of the work of the Spirit always leads us against the flow of the world into the flow of Jesus. But, verse 7 then, as Jesus is telling them, but I've got to leave you. You know, it just tells them, bad things are going to happen to you. See you later. And he says, but, this is absolutely necessary. This may be the most jarring part of the passage to me. Nevertheless, I tell you, verse 7 of chapter 16, the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the advocate will not come be with you. It is good that Jesus had to leave so that the Spirit could come. How exactly does that work? Well, I think he lays that out a little bit. In verse 8, following, or maybe he's calling us with the answer right now. That's all right. I can only do that because I know Janice really well. First, the Spirit will come to bring conviction of error to the world. That's verses 8 through uh, 11. Summarized. It's the Spirit who brings the conviction of error to the world. Remember, the world is so topsy-turvy that in in Jesus' day, the disciples' day, they're thinking as they oppose the disciples, as they uh, murder them, as they assassinate them, as they throw them out of their communities, they're thinking they're doing God's work. That it's the Spirit who will bring the conviction of error to the ways of the world. Now, good to know, it's our job to be a witness to Jesus. Right? The, 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 the command here for us, as the, as the Spirit is a witness to Jesus, we are a witness. As the Spirit brings attention to the, to the Jesus of the Scriptures, we bring attention to the Jesus of the Scriptures. We point to Him. It is not our job to convict the world of error. It is the Spirit's job to convict the world of error. As, as we are a witness to Jesus, as we live out His love, His righteousness, His goodness, His mercy, it is the Spirit that will use that witness to bring conviction of error to the world. So the Spirit's got to come in order to bring that conviction of error to the world. So that some will see the errors of their ways and turn to the living God. And then verse 12 
He convicts the world of, of their error, and he leads us, the church, in truth. I still have many things to say to you, but cannot, you cannot bear them now. Again, verse 12. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. The Spirit of God will lead us into the ways of truth so that we can be true witnesses of the true Christ. It's only in the power of the Spirit that we will connect, serve, and celebrate. It's not by our ability, if the deacons want to go ahead and uh, be getting ready. Don't worry, it's not a prank or anything. They'll be passing out to you a prayer that I offer to you and challenge you, encourage you, that we will make our prayer for the summer. A prayer of being a a jubilee community, of connecting with one another in Jesus, of of serving like Jesus, of celebrating Jesus. And and that that only happens if the Spirit enables us to do it. That our, our first act, our foundational act, to really living out God's kingdom, to be the witnesses that God's called us to be, is prayer. Because it's only through the Spirit who is alive within us that we'll be able to pull this off. doesn't happen by our own abilities and our own strength. Now just how does this happen? And how does the, the Spirit do this? Well, some of it's mystery. I mean, this is God. And it's, it's a mystery beyond our understanding. But what we know from passages in this larger section is that one, the Spirit brings a powerful presence for all. I think that's part of the reason why Jesus was saying that it's better for me to leave because Jesus, in the incarnation, he was limited by time and space. Jesus could not be in two places at the same time. The Holy Spirit can. We're told in verse uh, uh, chapter 14, verse 17, this is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it never sees him nor knows him. You know him, Jesus says, because he abides with you and he will be in you. The Spirit of God, the very Spirit of God now abides with us, makes his home within us, lives inside of us. A powerful presence for all, wherever we go, whenever it may be. We have within us the ability to obey Jesus. We have within us the power to make us His witnesses. No matter what the situation. We have within us the very presence of God. And and the, the absolute necessity then it is for us to sit down, be quiet and listen. Because God is within us. How important it is that we then make the Scriptures our regular diet. And one thing on your way out today, giving you the the, the lectionary readings, the readings that we'll be using throughout the services, throughout the summer. Uh, So you have before you 
readings to have, to, to read before we gather for worship. And allow the Spirit to speak to you through those readings even before we gather and then as we gather. But this, the very Spirit of God lives within us. Jesus had to leave so that the Spirit could then come live within us. And secondly, Jesus or the Spirit brings a persistent peace in all. John 20, verse 21 and 22 is really John's Pentecost. It's how he demonstrates the coming of the Spirit in the disciples. The the risen Jesus is before the disciples and he's about to send into heaven. And he says to his disciples, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he'd said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit not only guides us into truth, not only gives us the the Word of God alive in our very soul, but the Holy Spirit then becomes that deposit within us that, that leaves us in that peace that is beyond understanding. A peace that only God can bring as we are seeking to live out His kingdom in a world that opposes us. It's only through the peace and the power then of the Spirit who is alive within us all. As we embark on this this journey this jubilee journey of connecting with one another, no matter what our differences might be, connecting across race, economics, generation, political leanings, personal preferences, shoe size, I don't know, favorite color. As we work to connect in Jesus above any and all difference, we will need the Holy Spirit to be alive within us. As we leave from here, and and we, whether it's at work, at school, at home, in our neighborhood, in our community, with, with strangers or with good friends, wherever we go, the Spirit is within us, and we need to be in tune with the Spirit so that we might serve like Jesus, which means we're willing to die. That's how Jesus served. That we will, we will serve sacrificially for the benefit of the world. That's only going to happen if we're in tune with the Spirit who is alive and powerful and present and peaceful within us. And it's only in that peace that He can bring that no matter what happens, no matter what the pain, no matter what the destruction, no, no matter what our chaos, our grief. It's only as the Spirit is alive within us that we can celebrate. That we can celebrate no matter what the circumstances. May this be our prayer. Not just a words for the summer. 
Not just words to check off, but as we pray it, may we even pray that God will so form us on the inside and the power of His Spirit so that this becomes the very desire of our heart. You didn't get any up here in the choir. Hey, can we give some to the choir? We didn't get any over on this side either. Thank you. We'll uh, distribute those. They didn't get any in the choir or on that side. Yeah. Jesus has left us with his, with his closing words, with his, his locker room speech, but he hasn't just left us with nice inspiration. He has left us with the very power and presence of God within us. Now, in a way, that's really scary because we don't have an excuse. But another way, it's extremely empowering because it's not by our power, but by His power that we seek and live out the power of His kingdom. And even more than just giving us His Spirit, He continues to add to our number. Others who who hear the same call, who see the same vision and who seek to live it out with us. And I'd like to invite them forward now, those that are uh, being recognized as new members of the church. If y'all will... Come forward.